Hi there, and welcome to the third episode of the Valencia Property Podcast. I'd like to say at this point, thanks for all the great feedback from the first two episodes. We'll be doing this podcast for as long as it provides value to people. So it's good to hear that people are loving it, and more importantly, learning from it. Today, we're looking at the process of modernizing a property after buying it. Over the last few years, lots of VP clients have decided they would prefer to modernize a property rather than finding exactly what they want. In other words, they buy the location and then make the property their own through getting it modernized how they want it. Today, we also have an interview of one of our clients who did just that, or rather, should I say, is in the final stages of doing it. They bought the place, the modernization is almost finished, and I actually went into it today and I'm hoping it'll be more or less ready for them to move in on Saturday. We'll see. So the first question we get to ask is why most people do some form of work. The truth is, it's almost impossible to find a place that ticks all of your boxes and you can just walk into with a toothbrush unless you are buying a high-end new build or modernization. In those cases, and as we have said to so many clients so many times, you're paying for somebody else's choices and tastes. If you like them, great, but oftentimes we find that even the best new kitchen is not to the taste of somebody buying a place, whether in terms of style or the working space available. Lack of kitchen worktops is very common in newly reformed kitchens because they go for the look rather than the utility. Equally, we live today in a more open plan way and traditionally Spanish properties have a lot of smaller rooms. Knocking down a wall or walls is often a way of getting light streaming through previously darkened rooms. Also, getting work done, although more expensive than a couple of years ago due to a high demand for builders and the increase in material costs, is still relatively affordable compared with buying the finished article. Licenses. Don't start doing any work without getting a license for the work. Now, that might seem obvious, but it's not really. The licenses aren't expensive, but they require an estimate of the cost of the works on which you pay a fee to the town hall for the license. It's because of this that everyone's modernization costs 10,000 euros. What you present to the town hall, virtually always somebody puts 10,000 euros and the reason is because even if it's going to cost 30,000, you don't want to pay the tax based on the 30,000, you want to pay it on the 10. You've got to make it believable. So if you're going to reform a 300 meter house and you say it's going to cost 10,000 euros, you're not going to get your license. There are two types of licenses though, and it's important to get the right one for your works. So what's the difference between an obra menor and an obra mayor license? The two licenses are known by these names, obra menor and obra mayor. Obra menor is for smaller works that don't require an architect's plan, and obra mayor is for larger jobs requiring plans passed through the architect's association. This is usually for extensions and adding things on, but can also be in certain cases for interior reforms, especially if a lot of remodeling is being done. For remodeling we mean knocking down a lot of walls and creating a lot of debris. The rules of modernization. There's one real rule for when you're going to modernize and that is simply keeping well with the neighbors. This may take chocolates, wine or a few beers, but it's always good to let them know what's going to be happening and how long it's expected to take and that your builders will be respecting times such as 
not starting too early, finishing for lunch, making sure excessive noise is kept to a minimum, and also finishing early and not working through the night, things like that. The important things to remember are downpipes, electrical potential and walls. The downpipes are what may limit what you can do with the property. Lots of times the pipes may only be to the rear or to one side of the property, meaning you are limited to where you can put the kitchen and the bathrooms. The electrical potential that you have will not be enough, simples. You will probably have to upgrade it for the demands of today's properties. Lots more things are plugged in more of the time. Many people selling their properties have a minimum electric potential contracted in order to minimise their bills. In Spain, you pay for potential and then usage. The more potential you have, the higher the price you pay. And finally, of the three most important things to remember, walls. Remember, when you see a property with a lot of small rooms and walls, then you can probably knock the walls down to open up spaces. Obviously, you need to consult with an architect or builder about this, especially in older properties, but mostly, properties are built as a pillar and beam construction. Walls just fill in the gaps and are usually very thin and non-load bearing. You can also hear your neighbours through them most of the time. Working with an architect. If you're doing a full modernisation and knocking down a lot of walls and remodelling the spaces, we'd suggest working with an architect. If you're intending to keep the spaces as they currently are and just want a modernised kitchen, bathroom or whatever, then it's not really needed. You don't need an architect's plan if you're not changing the spaces. Working with our project managers. We provide project managers for the duration of your work. They liaise with your builders and point out issues as they come up along with potential solutions. They'll make sure the work is done on time and for the quoted price without cutting any corners, of course. Our bilingual project managers work with you, the builder, and sometimes the architects to get everything set up. They will also accompany you either in real life or virtually in the choice of materials, white goods and more. They sort out problems. They make regular site visits and they keep you up to date with the project. As mostly our clients do this remotely, they aren't here to see the bit by bit, day by day progress of the project. They rely on our project managers to be their eyes and their ears. And that's what we like doing. So after saying all of that, let's see what Corinne has to say about her purchase in Valencia and the process of reform, decoration and more. Have a listen. We met up for a coffee this week and chatted about her impressions of the process. The sound is a bit loud in the background at times, but Corinne at least knows the podcast game and that you need to enunciate correctly. The same can't be said for the interviewer, unfortunately. Yours truly. Hey, so Corinne, here we are today, and we've got a couple of questions for you uh, about why you chose Valencia. Well, I have had the opportunity to travel to about 95 countries, so we didn't come in blind. So we were trying to find a place that was reasonably priced, great weather, not too hot, not too cold. We always find Madrid to be a good 10 uh, Fahrenheit degrees hotter or 10 Fahrenheit colder. Mm -hmm. And we didn't want to be too far in the south where we don't have any seasons. 
So um, we actually chose Valencia from the fact that it's rated the number one expat location for Americans, Brits, and so forth around the world for all the places that have been researched. So we figured data, I'm a computer science geek, I'm a professor <laughs> at a college, uh, that that would be a good thing to use. So we started here, but fell in love very quickly. Okay, so you decided to buy a place that needed a good modernization or any sort of modernization <laughs> rather than buying a place that was ready to move in. Why? So we looked at everything. We needed to kind of know what was out there. But very quickly we realized that some of the places that were already modernized were Ikea at best. Red cabinets, purple bathrooms. It's just not my taste. And what's, what's wrong with red cabinets? <laughs> Nothing, if that's your taste. <laughs> so we decided that if we're really going to get what we want, we're going to need to do the reforming. Um, at first that seemed too daunting too scary to carry through the process ourselves but um, we discovered that uh, Graham and his crew had uh, some construction folks architects and all the like and it didn't sound so scary after knowing all of that okay so you decided to do this and um, how long has the process taken in total from the start to almost the finish now yeah <laughs> So we started looking at apartments in late June, early July of 2021. And then we settled on one by August. We went through the process of buying, which took about a few weeks. And we started on our reform uh, early October. But I must admit that in September, I started to pick out what kind of appliances and all the different uh, selections at that time. And we're now going to be sleeping there for the very first time this Saturday night, which for reference, uh, it is now mid-January. So it took about three and a half months, but we had a total reform, refit. We turned our kitchen into a bathroom. We turned a dining room into a bedroom. Uh, typically, it seems like the Spanish often would put the bedrooms near all of the light yeah. and in the rear of the apartment they seem to put the living spaces and we wanted the total opposite we don't want to sleep near the road yeah yeah um so you've been working with a project manager who just happens to be my daughter of course in this case but we've got other project managers available as well uh, and you've been working with a builder now the builder doesn't speak any um any english and you not brilliant I'd say at Spanish maybe that's correct yeah. so the role of the project manager in the middle what have they been doing for you um, Maria our project manager has been phenomenal not only to communicate our wishes to our builder but to also understand how things happen in Valencia in Spain um, I'm American and we do construction very very differently so to make sure that um, I'm making the best selections, I love sometimes when they take the time to say, here are your options. Because going in, I'm not absolutely sure what I want. Uh, I just want it to work. <laughs> okay. And is there anything that you change in the process? Oh, what would I change in the process? Well, I, I think... Um, 
as always, picking out different surfaces and so forth, you always second guess yourself when you put it all together. But uh, I think it's going to come together wonderfully. We have selected um, some local to make it kind of look Spanish inside. Mm -hmm. um, our um, Carlos, our builder, uh, we've selected some arches punching through walls. So we have approximately 155 square meters for my Americans in the bunch, about 1,700 square feet. <laughs> and so there were a lot of choices. What would I change? I, I think um, I, I would have maybe asked a designer uh, to come along with me earlier, but there's no loss in that. I did find someone to help me source the furniture. We buying everything from Spain, so we're not bringing anything over from the States. So you say you bought everything in Spain, yeah? What have you been looking for? Where have you been going to find these things that you've been putting in there? Well, being from the States, we often go to a box store and select things there. But uh, Leroy Merlin and some other box stores are available, but it wasn't exactly our best fit. So we have found some local places like Amado Salvador and others that had amazing prices, but had tons of different varieties. I bet they have thousands of different tiles. We wanted tile, for example, on the floor instead of wood to make it feel more Spanish and not just a, a white box that could be anywhere. And speaking about the prices, how do they compare with the prices in the States? Uh, everything. First of all, the reform. In the US, a kitchen our size, which is approximately 15 feet by 17 feet, uh, would cost approximately 30 to 40,000 US to have the quality that we're getting. Mm -hmm. The kitchen that we're getting uh, without appliances is only 5,000 euros, approximately $6,000. That, that's a huge difference. <laughs> it's a huge difference. <laughs> and if you multiply this out, our entire reform for this very large three bedroom, two bath, office, living room, dining room, and kitchen uh, would be in the States at least 150,000 US, mm -hmm. but we're paying between 50,000 to 60,000 euros mm -hmm. for everything. And that is including our project manager, all of our supplies, the builder, everything, okay. uh, turnkey. Okay. Now would you mind telling everyone how much you spent on this property originally? So our property uh, was originally listed for 465,000 euros. That's not typical of the market in Valencia, but I must admit I fell in love with a neighborhood called Gran Via. And Gran Via, I'm afraid, is a little posh, but um, that's not typical. But we wanted to be in the city, close to restaurants, close to amenities. We actually were able to get the property for 415,000 euros. And uh, that same property, uh, we have ties to Washington DC. That same property would be about $1.4 million in the States. That, that's uh, again, a huge difference. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. yeah. We, we see that, um, we, we often compare with uh, Madrid and Barcelona, of course, and we're probably looking at double the price per square meter, or per square foot if you want, uh, in Madrid and Barcelona than we get here. Yeah. And I would agree with that. We uh, looked at Alicante and Madrid and Barcelona. We found Madrid and Barcelona at least twice the price. Mm -hmm. 
but we found it too busy with tourists. Yeah. Valencia is a beautiful, beautiful city that sometimes other countries haven't heard much about. But think of it as 13th, 14th century world charm and cathedrals and all of the items that are part of your city. But it's not every moment when you're in Barcelona, you're faced with tourists everywhere. I don't mind tourists, but I want to live in a community where people actually live there, mm -hmm. not just are trodden with tourists going by. So we really think the third biggest city, Valencia, is a good fit for us. Yeah, because in your building specifically, everyone is uh, local, and we know that through all the complaints we had during the building process, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. Um, yes, um, we, we our police are very attractive. So, but don't be alarmed by that. We had all the building contracts. We dotted all our eyes, and it turns out it wasn't us making all the noise. It was another reform in our building. So glad to tell you that we followed all the rules started construction at 9 a.m. as the rules state yeah okay one last thing your furniture you've mostly sourced it from different shops in and around Valencia uh, why did you decide to do that well I find that the Spanish often like really modern or Ikea or something like that our building is 1940s in Gran Via and we really wanted to keep that feeling so we've went to some furniture stores like Amelia Del Han, um, like Fama Living, that we could actually pick the fabrics, all the details, the exact size of the sofas and beds. But you, I know you're thinking, well, that's going to be expensive. We did inherit some of the furniture that was sold with the home. We got it as is. Yeah, for better or for worse. Yeah. For better or for worse. Some of it was definitely throwaway, but some of it was absolutely... 1940s fab gorgeous made out of handmade wood so we kept a lot of pieces but we've only spent uh, less than 10,000 euros in sourcing couches and living room items and a beautiful wood table that is almost uh, two and a half meters long made out of a solid piece of wood from Valencia woods that was only 1600 um, euros which is crazy in the states that same table would be seven or eight thousand yeah just like say at this point only 1600 to me that sounds a lot <laughs> <laughs> well i will definitely i'll make sure graham posts the picture of my table along with this recording excellent right. <laughs> um, and one thing about that that you said um you uh, went to various different places are these all individual designers or are they just shops that sell stuff from other designers or what so Amelia Del Han was probably our best find. It's by the City Hall in Valencia. I know when you usually go to a designer in the States, you're talking big, big money. <laughs> but almost everything that we sourced, a beautiful king-size bed with huge, uh, it's, it's nine feet tall with the different uh, items on the edge. Um, it, it was, most everything was about uh, 500 for sofas, 1,000 for giant wood pieces. So, which is, you can't get that. Even Ikea mm -hmm. uh, could sell you that price, but not at this quality. Okay, and the last question, very important. Have you sourced a new piano? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> um, our place came with a piano, um, but I have to tell you, uh, getting it out of the place, uh, it just wasn't for us. So uh, a giant piano uh, in the city wouldn't exactly make sense for us, but I'm sure some people may love it. Well, the termites in it would, uh, wouldn't agree with you. They actually quite liked it, as far as I know, and, and that's why we had to get rid of it. 
Yeah, we tried to give it away, but you know, no one seems to want the piano and the termites, so no. both were hard. <laughs> and we couldn't do an eviction notice on them, they just weren't listening. They weren't. So, no. But it's been a fabulous process, I would do it again in a heartbeat. So may I tell you, please come visit, Valencia is great. Uh, the reformers and the realtors, he doesn't want me to say that, but I'll say it anyway, have been a dream. Uh, we have yet to find the first negative piece about Valencia or the people we've worked with. Thank you so. We'll tell you that in a few days' time, okay? <laughs> Thanks, Corinne. Take care. Interesting, isn't it? Anyway, that's it for this week, apart from a couple of bits of news and then our recommendations. Firstly, the changes in the taxing of properties on purchase look to have been a bit of a nothing burger. We were worried that we wouldn't be able to say how much tax someone would have to pay on purchasing a property due to a new way of working that tax out. And no, I'm not even going to start to try to explain it. Anyway, it seems that the new rules affect very, very few purchases, and we'll let you know if it affects yours. At the moment, we're pretty sure it won't. Secondly, COVID. You might have heard about a little-known virus that's been going around. Well, it's making house visits at the moment in Valencia, and that often means we can't make those same house visits. Lots of people quarantining in certain properties at the moment, meaning some visits are impossible to make. As we said last week, be patient. We'll do our best to get you in to see as many properties as possible. But bear in mind, at times, self-isolation means no visits. In our recommendations for this week, we're recommending a video, an article, and a property, of course. The recommended video for this week is, of course, our podcast series. We're publishing these podcasts on YouTube, too, and putting them into a playlist on our channel. You can find our channel and this playlist in the show notes and we'll sure you enjoy it. Now, we don't make as many YouTube videos as we should, but we're trying to make that better this year. More drone videos, more property videos, more podcasts, more everything. A recommended article, of course, this week, it's about how much it might cost for your modernization. You can see it at the link in the show notes or by going to the blog and searching out reforms on modernization. Now, it was written two years ago, so add in another 20% into those costs, as both materials and labour have gone up in price. Also, add a couple of weeks onto timings, as supply chain issues means that some materials are difficult to source at the moment. Yes, I'm looking at you, white goods and kitchens. And finally, our recommended property. Now, the recommended property this week is one that is just crying out for one of our modernizations. You can see it at the link in the show description. It looks quite modern, but it's an office meaning it doesn't have a kitchen currently. It also doesn't have a good flow to be used as a residential property. However, what it does have are great views over Valencia Marina and an excellent price per square metre. Take a look at the property on our site and come and see it as soon as you can. So that's the end of episode three of our podcast. In the next episode, we'll be talking about two of our favourite subjects, Brexit and Brits. How are Brits affected by what's happened with Brexit. And yes, in that episode, I may have to resort to a few swear words in order to describe a few things that have happened over the last few years. So I'm sorry, but iTunes India, we may get banned. Anyway, 
see you next week hope you enjoy the podcast if you have any questions for us remember to send in a voice note this has been a podcast from valencia property you can find us on our homepage www.valencia-property.com also if you put a backslash and new onto that you'll get our blog but you can find it on the homepage anyway you can get in touch with us on information at valencia-property.com or you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook, of course, on Valencia Property. We're on Twitter, that's Greyhunt, G-R-A-H-U-N-T, and that's Graham Hunt, who's here, that's us who's talking. And you can also find us on Instagram. Wherever you find us, we hope to see you in Valencia soon.